Welcome, dear listeners, to the fifth installment of the AM Drive Time Show in the English series Ramadan Around the World. For the Arabic series, tune in to the next episode with Abir for her series called Tulfu Shuf. The following is a compilation of pre-recorded segments prepared especially for the month of Ramadan. First, we shall begin with a brief outline of one of the countries of the world. Accompanying this is an interview with a member from our ethnically diverse Muslim community, in which they will share some information about their traditions from the beginning of the holy month up until the blessed occasion of Eid al-Fitr. Amid some beautiful chants to put us in the atmosphere of this time of the year, we also have some lovely poems layered with encouragement to properly utilize our limited and fleeting time. In our lineup, we also have a series about the events from Islamic history that occurred during the holy month. We also want to carry on with our text and win competition, so stay alert, as we might ask the question at any point during the episode. However, be warned, as the Ramadan text and win questions have a specific WhatsApp number separate from the Tuam FM WhatsApp number, which will be mentioned alongside the question. And finally, we conclude this lineup with a short religious benefit. The AM Drive Time team would like to congratulate you on the advent of this blessed occasion and wishes you well during this month. We hope that you keep in touch with us during the upcoming Text and Win question and we hope to reconvene with you all for our live episodes after the month of Ramadan. We are now beginning our core segment of our series in which we speak about Ramadan traditions across the world. First, let us introduce our chosen country for this episode. Today, we are speaking about Fiji. And then we will hear a little bit about the experiences of a dear sister and how she commemorated Ramadan in Fiji. Fiji is an amalgamation of over 300 islands known as an archipelago and is located in the South Pacific Ocean. Of the 194,000 square kilometers that Fiji occupies, only about 10% of it is land. The population of Fiji in 2021 was approximately 924,000 and its capital city Suva had a population of almost 94,000 in 2017. The population of Fiji are largely Fijian and Indo-Fijian, and the official languages spoken therein are Fijian, Hindi and English. Fiji is known to have warm climates, beautiful beaches with mesmerizing waters, and plenty of coral reefs, making Fiji a popular tourist destination. As it is situated in the Pacific Ring of Fire, an area known to have high volcanic activity, Fiji also has several active volcanoes, such as Mount Tavovo. Thermal mud pools and hot springs have formed on account of the volcanic activity in Fiji and have also become part of Fiji's many tourist attractions. Fasting the month of Ramadan in Fiji is a practice that fills the hearts of the Muslims with delight, even whilst enduring the hardships associated with long, hot days. Here to tell us about her experiences with fasting in Fiji 
is one of our dear Fijian sisters. Let us hear what she has to say. Welcome to the special Ramadan segment, Ramadan Around the World, where some of our dear brothers and sisters from a variety of different countries and ethnic backgrounds tell us about the way they would commemorate the holy month in their home country. Today we are joined by... Ashia Sahib. Welcome, Ashia. How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah, sister. Alhamdulillah. And what country are you from? I'm from Fiji, the tropical Fiji. Okay, Fiji. So tell us, how is Ramadan declared to the Muslim public in Fiji? Uh, usually, they never used to have mobile or anything else, but we used to have a radio station. Where just after Maghrib, once they have sighted the moon, it was always sighting of the moon. Uh, it would be announced on the radio station. And then words of mouth would go, like, if I hear on the radio that tomorrow is Ramadan, I'll quickly ring my uncles or my cousins and all that. And through that, we'll just say Mubarak, Mubarak, and it will just go around. So radio station was one of the main type of contact to announce the Ramadan. MashaAllah. So it's it's one of those widespread platforms that can um, yes, get, yes, get to yes, a lot of people. Yes. 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 They didn't have newspapers or like mobile phones, but it was one radio station when everybody was glued to during the beginning so that everybody doesn't miss when the Ramadan is. And it was not like here or any other country. It was just once declared all over Fiji on one day. Wow, mashallah. Mashallah, yes. So tell us a little bit about the atmosphere during Ramadan in Fiji. How was it? It it was really good because we lived uh, in a village and we had families around us, like our uncles, and they all had kids our age. Mm-hmm. So the excitement competition was really good. Like everybody would wake up. And when we wake up for sujur, we'll just check the other person's house to see if the light is on so that we know that they are up for the Ramadan. And like during the day, we'd collect, uh, like I come from a tropical country. So we used to have all these nice fruits like guavas and mangoes. As kids, we just collect all those to eat it after iftar. So wow. it was really exciting because we had a whole group of people and family around us. Like And like everybody was fasting, so we'd be really in a mood. And it just went so quick. So it was really nice. MashaAllah. That sounds lovely. And yes, um, yes, yes. Tell me, these traditions that you had, uh, like collecting fruit during the day to eat after iftar, these sorts of traditions that you remember from Fiji, were you able to bring yes, them here? Yes. No, no, no. Because like we don't have the neighbours like they are like, and plus we don't have that kind of fruits here like mangoes, pineapple, guavas. Like we get it from the supermarkets and all that. Yes. But these were grown in a village and everybody had like all different uh, trees. Uh, which like tamarind, even, you know, those ripe tamarinds from yes. the tree. They were all fresh from the trees. So after school, we just collect all those and then we'll share. But here we can get that, but it's different. Yeah, it's true. By the time they come to, yeah, the fruits are different by the time they hit the supermarket. Even the taste is the same. The taste, yeah, definitely. A lot of people mention yes. that the taste is more prominent in their hometown. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Like pineapples and mangoes are freshly picked. It's something different. And they're more herbal, like 
you know, they've been grown and looked after. There's yes. no artificial manures or anything like that. So yes. they usually used to put uh, cow manure. They all had cows in their backyard. Like I, li- I used to live in a village and like that was about four acres or something. So mostly it was like all the fresh fruit, sugarcane and all that. Yes. MashaAllah. I think it's also mm. the satisfaction of picking your own fruit. It also makes it taste That's nicer. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Like you'd be starving and like fasting and like you'd be hungry and you'll say, oh, yeah, I'll eat this. Up. But by the time you open your fast, you hardly can touch a few of those. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. Yes. So you weren't able to bring these traditions here, but what traditions no. do you have um, during Ramadan here? Uh, we, we still, um, like for sajur, we still have our roti and vegetable curry and sometimes oats or something and a cup of tea. And when we open our fast, we still have the samosas and the lentil fritters or whatever. And uh, there's a thing like potato scallops, similar to that, but you just fry them in chickpea powder paste kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So and they are salty things, so you still have them for iftar. Oh, mashallah. You have them for iftar yeah, and for yeah. suhoor. So uh, for morning, it was just the roti and vegetable curry because okay. they never had bread or yes. toast and cereal wasn't that common those days. So our moms used to just do the vegetable curry during the night time and she'd roll the fresh roti from the dough and like we were four kids and mom and dad, so she'd do like small eaters then. So we just have one each and a nice cup of tea, so that was just enough for us. And maybe some fruit like popo, you know, just to have like slices of popo or some fruit. Yes. And a cup of tea was just enough for us, yeah. Do you find that after but, this, uh, these suhoor meals, you wouldn't get hungry or thirsty yes. during the day? No, it doesn't matter. I've, I've eaten porridge, I've eaten wheat big. And it doesn't matter what you eat. My son just eats milk and uh, dates. It's the same difference. It doesn't make a difference. It's your willpower, I think. Yes. (laughs) Yes, That's a good point. It's just about exercising patience. No, no, no. Yeah, your fight. And like there's days when we used to sleep in at home too. Mum would be sick or something. Mm -hmm. And we'd just have a glass of milk or water. And we we didn't want to miss our fast. And we still survived. So uh, it's what your heart excellent that's lovely to hear thank you thank and you and so you did answer my next question which is about your habits for suhoor but tell me how yes. would you wake up for suhoor would you wake up as a family or would you wake up individually um there would be still an alarm clock that's all we had and mum would be in charge of like at home here i'm like the alarm <laughs> clock uh, uh, we don't have the mobile phone she'd put it in and then we'll have a home line so our cousins or our uncles would say, like, we'll always ring to check if they are up as well, mm-hmm. just to make sure they're fasting with us as well. So it was just a tradition that we just check on our few uh, uncles and aunties who lived at least four or five. Uh, once we one family member would wake up and then she, my mom would wake all the kids. Once she's done the roti, when she knows breakfast is nearly, like, she'd get up at half past three or something early, an hour early and try and prepare and then us girls would help her serve the breakfast, make tea or stuff like that. So mum was the main one. Yes. Yes. Usually, I've noticed a pattern with a lot of these interviews that it's usually the mother. 
that wakes everyone yes, up. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, mum. Yes, yes. Alhamdulillah, yes. My older sister was there with mum as well. She was much older, so she was like a backup. She'll help mum. She'll be the first one to be up. Mum would get up and then the younger ones. MashaAllah, that's beautiful to hear. What about the first day of Ramadan? What are your traditions during the first day and who do you visit on the first it's, day? It's still same throughout the 30 days. Um, uh, one of the families would have iftar every second day. We'll, we'll all get one family would have one, but it depends. Yeah, if it's a, like usually they'll try and do it in the weekend so that everyone's available to help. But then mothers used to stay home. So during the week, we'd have iftar with the families as well or neighbors. Mm-hmm. Usually, we'll have it in our village, so nothing far from that. Okay. Like we had families, my mom's families were an hour away, so they were never part of our uh, iftars. Uh-huh. It was all my dad's family around the area. When we opened our fast, it was always outside in the backyard with mats, big mats, and we'd all sit around. The sun, the like, you know, you could see the clouds and uh, the sky and it was just so nice. Wow. So sort of like a picnic. Yeah. 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 We could always look forward. One uncle used to do, he used to live in a hillside of the area mm-hmm. and we used to enjoy uh, going to his house. It was such a lovely time. Yes. Allah, It sounds lovely. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And um, if you were going to iftar to someone else's house, what would you bring? Even here, if my sisters are having iftar, we'll just ring and say, like usually they'll make the main meal. We'll say, oh, I'll bring salad or I'll bring one uh, plate like spring rolls or samosas or maybe some drinks. So that has continued from Fiji to here. We still do that. Yeah, you check what's, what's not available. And then that's what you yes, bring. Yes, we'll, we'll try and help this and just to, so that we get the reward as well. Mm-hmm. It's more about getting reward and you feel the satisfaction when you take something from home, even the halwa, which is the milky thing we make with uh, suji, what's uh, semolina? Yes. Uh, yeah, with milk and semolina and sugar. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a thick, uh, it's a dessert. So yeah, yeah, we'll always take something. Like most of our family, yes. MashaAllah. And so what about some staple dishes that you eat during Ramadan especially? So when you think of Ramadan food, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Samosa, spring rolls. <laughs> yeah, and flavoured milk. We usually have, um, uh, you know, like in the evenings we try and make, it's more, it's like a milkshake sort of soothing. Uh, it's, more, it's similar to the uh, flavoured milk. And back in Fiji, we used to make our fresh lemon drink. They always used to have lemon on the tree. And we used to make a juice out of that from sugar, lemon and water. Oh, yum. But yes, we never had um, gas juice. Uh, it was all homemade stuff. Mashallah. But here we don't have that, yes. Yeah, it's, it's much more convenient for us to just buy drinks here. Yeah, here, like when you work, you have got money, you haven't got the time, so you can't prepare all those extra things. Yeah. But uh, back in Fiji, mums used to, like when everybody used to fast, so the whole day was sort of free. Uh, so they'd prepare all these things during the day. And most of the things were found on the farm itself, like That's our so veggies, our fruits. So, and even, as I said, the drinks and coconut, even the coconut water, how we get it here, like... 
it gets changed and yeah, yeah they get mixed but we pick like my brothers would climb the coconut tree get the fresh coconut and we would get the fresh coconut water to open our fires so those are the things we miss like there's two drinks we used to just get at home yeah so yeah, yeah. It used to be really hot in Fiji but yeah. Like it used to be long, like when we grew up, it used to be long days. But of then, fasting? like, as I, yeah, yeah, not, we never had winter. It was always summer. So, like, six, seven, like, we used to have five o'clock uh, iftar here in Sydney. Yeah. But there it used to be, like, long days and, like, warm, hot days. Would like, you get very thirsty? Sometimes we did, yes. Mm. So what is it that you would have uh, that would make you less thirsty throughout the day? Would it be the tea that you had for suhoor? Yeah, tea and we, we used to uh, drink water as well. But like I think it, it automatically, you have that faith in you that um, doesn't matter what happens. You know that you're fasting and nothing crosses your mind. You never, maybe you, your mouth is dry, but you never think of, oh, I'll drink like. Yeah, of course. On a normal day, like you go out and you're hot and you say, oh. Let's me. Let's get a glass of water, drink it. But then you just have so much sabal. Yes. Like you don't think you don't think of, of taking anything. Like you you don't um, feel like drinking anything because your heart says you're fasting. Eh. Yes. That's strong willpower. Yeah. Mashallah. Good on you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's with everyone here as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, we're lucky, we are blessed. We are. We have this religion, yes, and uh, our time to clean ourselves. No, that's true, alhamdulillah. Going back to those dishes, um, which one of them is your favourite? I love vegetable curries, but I like chicken because it's very easy to make. And we still even have uh, live chicken. My dad used to breed chicken at home, so their taste was it's it's completely different to what we eat here. There's to hand slaughter and then uh, to cut, and then the meat is different to the soft meat we have. Oh, so nice! Yes. Mashallah. What about desserts? What desserts stick out to you during Ramadan? Gulam jamun. It's a Gulam sweet. Jam. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like an oval shape. Uh, it's uh, made from self-raising flour, condensed milk. It's made into a dough and then it's uh, like an oval shape fried into ghee and there's cardamom and nutmeg and then we have uh, a syrup, sugar and water and you soak it and then you have it for dessert. Yummy. Yeah. Even uh, eat, um, everybody has that on their um, board, cheese board or whatever, platter or whatever, yes. Masha'Allah. And we've spoken a lot about all of these Ramadan dishes, but what about yes. when it comes to Eid al-Fitr? What is it that you eat, whether it's a main meal or a dessert, uh, during Eid al-Fitr? Um, we make a lot of savouries. We prepare it beforehand. We make a lot of savouries. Like we even have spring rolls and samosas we make during the month and freeze them. Mm-hmm. Then we have the fruit platters. We have different types of drinks. We have different types of sweets as well. Sometimes we make it and sometimes we, so all the sweet shops, they sell it. Mm-hmm. Like they have, 
like barfi, perha and all these uh, milky things. So we usually buy them. Uh, it's a combination of everything. And we make a few dishes as well, like prawn curry, vegetable curry, yeah. uh, make uh, puri and all that. So it's a mixture of everything. That sounds so delicious. And thank you. You should come this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full busy month though. Um, with uh, cooking and all that, plus your ibadah, like reading Quran and your salah and all that. No. But the time goes so quick that at the end of the day, of the month, it you does. really feel sad. Yeah, we miss it. Before it, we were all excited. And then when all is over, yeah, yeah. it's very look forward to a month for everyone. In my family, my household, everyone. Alhamdulillah. That's beautiful to hear. But like you said, you. you find that, you know, one day you're you're citing the crescent for Ramadan and the next it feels like you're citing the, the crescent for Shawwal. Yes, it just goes so quick. Yeah. Or yeah. A month is just like we are, we are already planning. We're having a start at the mosque here. So today I've been just preparing some stuff for the stars. I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Thanks. And Ramadan Mubarak to you as well. You too, you too. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Ramadan
by which deed you will be saved. You never know if you'll live to spend the money you've saved. So donate without fear and prepare for your grave. You never know by which deed you will be saved. Beware as an excessive love for wealth can deprave. Remember humbleness and be a devoted slave. You never know if you live to spend the money you've saved, so donate without fee and prepare for your grave. You never know by which deed you will be saved. Don't listen to what your overindulgent self craves. Avoid worldly pleasures as the pious one behaves. Beware, as an excessive love for wealth can deprave. Remember humbleness and be a devoted slave. You never know if you'll live to spend the money you've saved. So donate without fee and prepare for your grave. You never know by which deed you will be saved. Generosity, Ramadan. Now comes the quiz portion of today's episode. Over the holy month of Ramadan, the AM Drive Time team has prepared some quiz questions. Some are in Arabic and will be asked on the episodes of Tufu Shuf by Habir, and others are in English, and I will ask them during my episodes of Ramadan around the world. To submit your answers, please send them through the exclusive WhatsApp number that we have been using for the month of Ramadan, which is. Zero four nine one seven three three four four eight. That's zero four nine one seven three three four four eight. The winners will be selected at the end of Ramadan, so ensure that you are following along and answering all our text and win questions. Are you ready? Here is today's question: How many years did the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Fast the month of Ramadan before he passed away. Once again, how many years did the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam fast the month of Ramadan before he passed away? If you have an answer, please send it to our exclusive WhatsApp number that we are using for the month of Ramadan, which is zero four nine one seven three three four four eight. That's zero four nine one. Seven three three four four eight. 
make sure to include your first name, last name and suburb, as we always do with our text and win questions. Ramadan Mubarak from the AM Drive Time team. Events in Ramadan from Islamic history The death of Abdullah, the son of Al-Mubarak In the month of Ramadan, in the year 282 after the Hijrah, the humble Imam Abdullah, the son of Al-Mubarak, passed away. May Allah have mercy on him. He was a man who implemented great humbleness and detachment from worldly pleasures in his life and had vast comprehension of the Islamic knowledge. He took knowledge from Sufyan al-Thawri and Malik ibn Anas and he would often seek out solitude to worship Allah and become more God-fearing as his father Al-Mubarak was. It was said that his father, Al-Mubarak, would live and work in the gardens of his master. One day, Al-Mubarak's master approached him and asked him for a sweet pomegranate. Al-Mubarak searched the trees and found one to give to his master. However, it happened to be sour and his master scolded him angrily and asked once again for a sweet pomegranate. Al-Mubarak cut a pomegranate from a different tree, but it was also sour, and this made his master angrier. When Al-Mubarak gave him a sour pomegranate a third time, his master grew even angrier and asked him, Do you not know the difference between the sweet and sour pomegranate? No, Al-Mubarak replied. The master asked, How can that be? Al-Mubarak replied, I have not tasted from these trees to know which is sweet and which is sour. Why not? questioned his master. Al-Mubarak stated humbly, Because you did not give me permission to do so. The master found this to be the truth and was so pleased with the integrity displayed by Al-Mubarak that he gave him his daughter in marriage. It was said that this woman was the mother of the great and pious Abdullah, the son of Al-Mubarak. It was mentioned that this incident is also associated with another righteous man by the name of Ibrahim, the son of Adham. And Allah knows best. Thank you Allah for the month of Ramadan.
Welcome to the fifth religious benefit segment for the series Ramadan Around the World. Today, we will be speaking about the Night of Qadr. The Night of Qadr is a very great night of the blessed month of Ramadan. It is the Night of Greatness. In it, Allah brought down a great book, the Qur'an. Each year, when the Night of Qadr occurs, great angels and great mercies descend to earth. In Surah Al-Qadr, Verse 1, Allah said, This ayah means the whole Qur'an was brought down in its entirety during the night of Qadr. The words of the Qur'an were copied from the guarded tablet and it was Jibril who brought it down as a complete book to Baytul Izzah in the first sky. This occurred on the night of Qadr of the month of Ramadan in the first year when Jibreel brought the revelation to the Prophet ﷺ. The following day, Jibreel came with the first five verses of Surah Al-Alaq. With this, the prophethood of our master Muhammad ﷺ commenced. It is not a condition that the night of Qadr must lie on the 27th or 29th of the month of Ramadan, although we know from some hadiths that this is most likely the case. Since the night of Qadr may lie on any of the nights of Ramadan, Muslims should put forth effort to pray each night of Ramadan, seeking the promised reward for performing the optional prayers during that night, making the extra effort in performing acts of worship, especially during the last 10 days of Ramadan, is highly recommended, since in most cases, the night of Qadr lies during one of those nights. In verse 2 of Surah Al-Qadr, Allah said, Literally, this ayah means, How would you know what the night of Qadr is? This means that before Allah informed you, you did not know what the merit of the night is. This ayah is truly a question which emphasizes the high status of this night and encourages the person to seek its goodness. Verse 3 is the answer to the previous question. It means the reward one receives for spending this night in acts of worship is so great a person may not receive a similar reward in spending 1,000 months in acts of worship which do not have the night of Al-Qadr in them. Verse 4 Means the angels in great numbers, including Jibreel, descend from the sky to the earth during that night, and Allah gives them the knowledge of what is going to happen during the coming year. It was narrated from the roots of Abu Hurairah that the number of angels who would descend to earth during that night may exceed the number of pebbles on earth. And the fifth verse, means, the night is full of safety, goodness and blessings for the obedient believer until the dawn break. 
it is a very good sign for one to see the night of Qadr and make supplication, dua. A very great deal of goodness is hoped for this person and insha'Allah, the supplication would be fulfilled. At-Tirmidhi narrated from Aisha that she said, O Prophet of Allah, if I encounter the night of Qadr, what supplication should I make? The Prophet told her to say, Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbu al-afwa fa'afu anna. This means, O Allah, you are the one who generously forgives and you commend forgiveness. Hence, I humbly ask you to forgive me. The night of Qadr has many signs. Among the signs that show a person has witnessed the night of Qadr are seeing a bright and clear light that Allah creates other than the light of the sun, the moon and electricity. To see the trees making sujood, prostrating, or the sun rising in the morning with soft, gentle light. To see angels in their original form with two, three, four or more wings or to see them in the shape of a human being, that is, the shape of a man without the private parts. It is important to note that angels never appear in the shape of a female as explicitly stated in the Qur'an. Seeing it in a dream indicates good things. However, it is not as precise and good as seeing it while awake. Whoever does not see it in the dream or while awake but is diligent in praying and obedience on that night shall be granted from its blessings and the promised reward of worshipping Allah on that night. The Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ قَامَ لَيْلَةَ الْقَدْرِ إِيمَانًا وَاحْتِسَابًا غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ It means, whoever prays on the night of Qadr with faith and seeking reward from Allah, then his past small sins will be forgiven. Making dua at the moment of seeing Laylatul Qadr is an indication of the dua being fulfilled. Many Muslims have been blessed with obtaining what they asked for on that night. May Allah grant us the privilege of seeing the night of Qadr. Ameen. And Allah knows best.